Welcome to the Title Talk Podcast, an interview series featuring key individuals doing innovative things with their business and life. And now, here's your host, Richard Barbara. All right, so thanks again for, uh, for agreeing to be on the show with us today. Sure, absolutely. Richard, what kind of practice do you have? Uh, you know, it's a, that's a great question. It's a, um, as a general premise, I do a lot of real estate transactions. Um, okay. I, I litigated, you know, the first several years of my career almost exclusively, and then, you know, we got into doing some transactions. And uh, so now I'm, I'm largely, primarily a transactional guy. Um, and um, I still have some litigation that, you know, kind of refuses to go away. Um, but, but it's primarily, you know, transactions, either real estate or, you know, business deals, acquisition, sales. I'm, uh, I'm, okay. uh, I spend most of my time as general counsel to a guy named Rodney Barreto, who is the, the chairman of the Miami Super Bowl committee. So, you know, he's in charge of bringing the game down. And uh, uh, he's a, oh. yeah, yeah, he's a Miami um kind of like a Miami personality. So he's very involved in local government. He's got a, you know, governmental consulting firm. They represent Microsoft, Airbnb, Uber, the Dolphins, you know, you name it. Um, so, so is he excited about uh, bringing the QB in from Arizona? You know, um, man, as a lifelong Dolphin fan, he and I, nothing really generates too much excitement. It's just too painful, you know? <laughs> It's a, it's a hard life, man. The life of a dolphin fan is a hard life, but, um, you know, every, yeah. every year we get up for the season and every year they seem to let us down, but hopefully it works out, you know? Well, yeah. So here's the deal. I'm, I actually, uh, even though I live here in California, I'm an Arizona wildcat and, you know, we've never been to the Rose Bowl. One year we were on the cover of Sports Illustrated ranked number one preseason. I think it was during Desert Swarm back in the days. And, of course, our first game was against Penn State, back at Penn State. Uh, and, you know, I've been there and done that myself on the college level. So I get it. Yeah, Josh Rosen, it's interesting. We watched him play here at UCLA. And my kid, my daughter went to UCLA. Now they're both – she's graduating Friday from USC Law School. My son just wow, finished cool. first – Yeah, thanks. His first, his first year at USC. But we watched Rosen play – you know, I've just never been a fan of the dude for so many different reasons. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know why Arizona's getting rid of him, you know, and yeah, I don't think yeah. and I don't think the kid they're bringing in is going to be the answer either at the pro level. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. see what yeah, happens. we'll see. I mean, it can't get too much worse. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Tell me. Tell me about your practice, Mitch. What do you uh, what do you do? I mean, I, I looked at I looked you up online. I see a, a lot of speech yeah. speaking engagements and um and a lot of fun stuff like that, but but I see you have yeah. like a catastrophic injury practice. That's our bread and butter. We do a lot of catastrophic injury and wrongful death. That's what I enjoy doing that. And then, um, you know, after 32 years, engage bringing in social media and everything else. It's just made it a lot more fun. It's kind of allowed us to expand our brand. So I can go into a little bit during our podcast if you want. Yeah, please. I, I, I would so love that. And let me know when you want to start. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll probably use a lot of this tape already because, you know, we're, we're getting to know each other. But that's actually, you know, the, the purpose of our show, if you will, um, you know, is obviously for, for all the typical, um, you know, social media benefits. But we love to hear um, about guys like you and what you've done with the social media platform and how you've incorporated that into what you do. Um, you know, and, and, you know, what it's done for you basically and how you've kind of, 
you know, re revolutionized your space a little bit um, through the use of social media. Well, you know, Richard, it's, it's interesting. Back in the day, you and I were meeting clients sitting across our desk one-to-one, -one, adding value, helping fix their problems, helping them get a good night's sleep, but it was still a one-to-one -one type of relationship. And what we found is since 1996, when we put up our first website, fast forward to social media in the late 2000s uh, to today, it's allowed us to take that one-to-one one -one relationship to a one-to-1,000 or a one to 10,000 relationship and, and help more consumers, share more information, provide more solutions and options on, on the social media platforms. And combining that with speaking across the country at lawyer conventions, business conventions, social media conventions, conferences involving social media entrepreneurs. There's one coming up down in San Diego at the end of June, Social Media Day San Diego. I love sharing what you and I do, things that we actually, you know, don't think twice about when, when it comes to starting up a company or setting ourselves up to protect our clients, our, our investments from litigation exposure, things that we do, you know, just without giving it a second thought, it's new information to a lot of entrepreneurs. Right. And there's always a little twist with taking that offline business entity approach and bringing it online, there, there's always some little twists and angles to doing it the right way. So for me, it's made practicing law fun. I'm more excited after 32 years of getting up and coming into work than I've ever been in my life. That tells you something right there. You don't mean nice. any lawyers, yeah. right? Mostly, <laughs> Absolutely. Most of them are dying to get out. You know, and I'm, I'm never planning on retiring. I just love doing what we're doing. And I think social media is a big part of it. Um, just because of the people we meet, because of the value that we can add. And I think my favorite part, Richard, is it allows us as lawyers, frankly, any professional, it allows us to show our human side. It allows yeah. us to show people that we care, we're involved, we're just like the neighbor next door. Right, we eat and cheeseburgers. You know what? Give me a good cheeseburger any day of the week, pal. Right, and right. You know, that's the way you win. That's the way you win trials. Of course. Right? That's the way you connect with jurors. And once professionals, regardless of, of the occupation, once they get this and, and, and they make it about creating an exemplary client experience, sharing their hum, showing their human side and offering real, well, real world solutions, that's when the magic happens. That's when the rapport is developed. That's when the connections take place. And that's where the referrals come from. So, you know, that's the short version of where I am today and why I'm embracing social media so much. You know, it's funny you talk about the, um, the humanizing aspect and uh, that's how you win over juries. I went to Stetson Law School. Stetson has the number one um, trial advocacy training program in the country. And I did all of that. I was on moot court trial team. I wanted to do nothing more than be a trial lawyer. You know, we won a lot of competition. I used to love it. And I remember there was a, a judge that was retired at the time. There's a, a guy named Demers, Judge Demers. And he used to preside over our practice trials, which we, we did a lot of that. And I'll never forget that he once told a story about this lawyer that tried a lot of cases in his courtroom. And he says that the guy was a genius and that the guy would do incredibly funny things that in every trial he would do something 
that made him seem, you know, something less than this, um, you know, really smart or like unapproachable, like, you know, like a lawyer type. And so the judge and, and we'd ask him like, you know, can you, can you, can you give us some examples? And I'd be like, yeah, like he'd get up, you know, and he'd like accidentally like knock over his papers, you know, like, or, or his, <laughs> his, his drum demonstrative aids would fall down or something like that. He'd forget something, you know, or, you know, he'd just kind of, he'd just kind of do something to make him seem like a regular person that could kind of, you know, make some mistakes. And, um, and the people ate it up, you know, Gilbert, that was the guy's last name. The guy's last name was Gilbert, um, the lawyer and, um, Richard Gilbert actually. And, uh, you know, the guys are pretty well-known lawyer or trial lawyer in the Tampa area. Yeah. And he says that, that the guy was involved in one of these tobacco cases early on and, uh, he was by himself and he said that, um, you know, he was in federal court and, you know, Demer says that, um, that the guy walks in and uh, had all these other, you know, the defense had like three counsel tables with a bunch of lawyers. And Demers was like, you know, that he, he was there observing. And Demers says that the federal judge walks in and takes the bench and sees that, you know, it's just Gilbert on one side sitting by himself. And defense counsel has like, you know, they're like two or three tables deep with lawyers. And that, uh, you know, the court, the court, the judge gets up and says, counsel, state your appearances. And then what, when Gilbert stands up, the judge says, Mr. Gilbert, it appears as though there's a disproportionate amount of lawyers in this case. And, and that Gilbert said, yeah, judge, I think they're going to need a little help. <laughs> so, there you go. See, he's, yeah. he's connecting. But here's the, here's the thing. That's him. He's being genuine. In other words, he's able to do that in a genuine way that comes across as being real, as being transparent. Yeah. And not all of us can do that, but we all have something unique that we can bring into the courtroom that allows us to connect with the jury. For me, it's using just simple and straightforward language. It's right. always being straight up with, you know, what I tell the jury during jury selection and opening statement that I'm going to show them or tell them or share with them during the trial. I always walk my talk with my jurors and Funny story, though, let's just moving forward to a Tony Robbins presentation last year. What you just said will connect you with the audience. So I've spoken a couple of times to Tony Robbins. And when a buddy of mine, David Merriman Scott, who's a gifted marketing expert, consultant and speaker, when David called me on stage, just between you and me, I had been up for about 24 hours straight, moving my son into college, going out that night with my daughter. Uh, at a restaurant to celebrate her birthday in LA, stayed at a, at a hotel up in LA, flew out of LAX into Las Vegas early the next morning. I just hadn't slept, right? So by the time David called me up on stage, it was probably 9, 9.30 at night, 2,000 people in the audience screaming, the lights are going on and off. And as I'm jogging up these stairs, which are these long stairs up to the top of the stage, I caught my toe on the very last step. And I do one of these Laurel and Hardy arms, you know, <laughs> in the air, just flying right into David. He was nice enough to catch me. It was not a smooth catch. We kind of both spun around, kind of laughed about it. It was silent for a second. And then we made fun of it and moved on. But it instantly connected me with the audience. They realized the person up there they're going to be listening to for the next 30 minutes or 45 minutes is just like them right? Anybody can trip getting on stage. So when these things happen in life and they do to all of us, you have to embrace it. You can't take yourself too seriously. 
whether you're in court, whether you're at a board meeting, whether you're closing a deal, making a sale, or on stage at Tony Robbins. You just have to embrace the moment and enjoy it, right? That's exactly right. Truer words were never spoken. Yeah, yeah. And so I see that your wife is also your partner. Is that right? Your law partner. She is. We met in law school, and uh, she worked with a uh, insurance defense, defense firm for about three and a half or four years. Nice. Before she came in with me, we were going to get uh, we were getting married, and we uh, she gave notice just before we left on our honeymoon. And when she came, we came back. She started with me. Her mom and dad worked together for uh, 20, 25, 30 years. My mom and dad worked together all of their lives. So we kind of both grew up in families with the spouses working together. So it was a nice fit. And, uh, you know, we handle different caseloads. Sometimes we'll work on a file together, but she does her thing. I do mine. And we try to have lunch together a couple of times a week, maybe sneak out and see a movie on a Thursday afternoon. It's been a fun ride uh, sharing this experience with her. And also having, by the way, she's, she's one of the brightest, most gifted litigation and trial lawyers I know. So when you surround yourself with excellence, it really makes your job a lot easier. Yeah, I happen to marry the same person I'm practicing with. So it was win-win from multiple angles. You know, that's funny. I grew up um, in, a, in a household where, where my parents, you know, worked together all their lives as well. My wife, also a lawyer, um, managed my office for, you know, for 12 years, my, my prior firm before I came in house with the, uh, with the boss man, as I like to call him. But, but yeah, I'm with you on that. And people, they, they would look at me and they'd be like, man, you work with your wife. You're crazy. I'm like, you know what? It's, it works great for me. Number one, I married up, you know, yep. Uh, yep. number, yeah. yeah, number two, um, you know, I don't need time away or anything like that. You know, like, you know, I'm not real big on guys night or anything like that. So, right. um, you know, it worked, it worked well for us too. Um, but yeah, that's funny. So I, I noticed that I figured I'd, I'd mention it because, um, you know, not too many, I guess back in the day that was a little more common, but now, now I guess, um, you know, people are kind of dying to get away from each other. So, and it's too bad that's the case. So my, my story is after graduating from the University of Arizona, I actually moved up to Lake Tahoe for a couple of years and helped open up Caesars Tahoe. I grew up in the resort industry and I thought oh, that's cool. what I wanted to do, right? I'm also a snow skier, so I got in a couple of 50-day ski, ski uh, seasons and I met a lawyer up at Heavenly Valley. I didn't know he was a lawyer at the time, but I'm skiing with this guy every single day. Long story short, he kind of twisted my, my arm. Mitch, if you want to go to law school, do it now. Uh, while you still can. So I did, met Lisa in law school, and then we got married when I was 29 or 30. So I actually had that single life, you know, we right, ran for a while, about, right, right. Yeah, from about 16 to, to 28 or 29, whatever it was. And I've always been that person where I knew once I made that commitment, I was all in. And it's, it's the best Thing I ever did as a man, you know, was right. to put uh, put my 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 relationship before my practice. And by the way, when I asked Lisa's dad, Mike the Milkman, who's one of the brightest men I've ever met, Mike didn't grad. He doesn't have a college education. Twenty years before I met him, he was loading milk crates on the back of a milk truck. When I met him twenty years later, he owned his own dairy distributorship. Married still married, three beautiful daughters, retired at 52, and we're pulling a ski boat. I asked him for permission to marry his middle daughter, Lisa. 
he pulls over on the side of the road and he goes, I'd love to have an, another son in the family. Do you know Mike's three keys to success? And I said, no, but I have a feeling I'm about to hear them, right? And this is relevant to what we were just talking about. And he goes, all right, you have to understand that you got to deliver in life. Okay, this is a milkman talking to you. <laughs> Number one, understand these three, these three rules and don't get them mixed up. Number one, take care of your health, physically or emotionally. Because unless you're physically, emotionally, mentally healthy, you're not going to be any good to anyone else. Number two, take care of my daughter, take care of your family, take care of your, your neighbors and your friends. Number three, take care of your profession, your occupation, or your job. Keep things in that order and you're gonna have a great life, Mitch. It's not easy, you're gonna mix them up every now and then, but as long as you fall back on keeping things in those three, uh, you know, in those three steps, you're in for a fun ride. And that was, that was probably some of the best advice. I was about to say, that's got, great much advice. Much from man. the milkman, right? So, yeah. so I encourage all of your listeners, regardless of who you are or what you do, take care of yourself, take care of your family, and take care of your, your job or occupation. And I think you're positioning yourself for long-term happiness and success. Man, that's great advice. Great advice. And so what, what, uh, you got anything exciting coming up? Any trial set? So we do, we have some big cases coming up. Um, I'm super excited about two things though, that really don't have too much to do with the law. I just found out yesterday, I'm speaking down at social media day, San Diego, oh, cool. which is at, uh, on mission Bay, the resorts on the sand. I'll be talking to about 400 entrepreneurs in the audience, along with other speakers last Friday of June. And if anybody wants to connect with me, if you're going to be in San Diego, uh, reach out to me on social media. I'm also speaking at the Maximum Lawyer Conference in St. Louis, um, which is, when is that? The uh, second week of June, which is a really, it's probably one of my favorite conferences of the year. And we're moving our office, uh, which, which is pretty exciting. We've been here for about 18 years, Richard, and we're moving our office on June 1st into a new facility, that, and we'll be surrounded by young tech entrepreneurs. I think we're the only law firm in the building. So I'm trying to walk my talk, trying to do things different than every other lawyer in town and surround myself with, with energy, with excitement, with new possibilities, because I think that keeps you young. And I think when you're as old as I am on the outside, but you still feel like you're 18 on the inside. I think that's a combination that's unstoppable. So yeah, that's what the next month and a half is, you know, I have in store for me and I'm looking forward to it. Cool, man. That's very cool. I'm very, very happy to hear it. You guys heard, if you're listening, if you're going to be in uh, San Diego, please check out Mitch Jackson. Um, he's going to be at social media day, San Diego. That sounds like a good time. I wish I was going to be, um, come on there down. for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, would, I, I, you know, who knows? Um, but man, it's been great to have you on the show, Mitch. Um, great insight, great advice. The, um, the order of operations for a healthy life. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that from the milkman. Um, and from you, uh, I'll be sure to quote you on it. And, um, man, thanks again. I'm glad Sebastian put us together. If you're in Miami, please let me know if you're coming down here so we can get together. And if I head out to your neck of the woods, um, I'll do the same. Richard, I'll do that. And, and real quick before we let each other go, I was in Fort Lauderdale two weeks ago for a convention. It's my first okay. time in Florida. Absolutely love your state. Had a great time. And I hope this is the first of many conversations that you and I have. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure chatting with you, Richard. And I wish you nothing but success. For everyone listening, remember to enjoy the journey and make each day your masterpiece. Mitch, thanks so much, buddy. Have a great one. Take care. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Title Talk Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to the show. This way you'll get future notifications of episodes as they become available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. We sure do appreciate it. Signing off from the Title Talk studio here in Coral Gables, Florida. We'll talk to you next time.